You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. Matthew chapter 2. It is so good to have you here this morning. And uh, we pray that the presence of the Lord has already touched you in a very real way. And we pray that the presence of the Lord will continue to work in your life and that you leave encouraged this morning and challenged. This morning, I did something yesterday uh, that to be honest, if I was to think about it a little bit more earnestly, I would have never, ever done what I did. Because what I decided that I needed to do was this. There was a certain thing that I was needing to be able to pick up uh, for this morning and for the program next week. And time can get away and for the practices and everything else that's going on, I thought I need to go by and I need to go accessory shopping. Uh, for a couple things and I didn't get a chance to be able to do it during the week because of just the schedule and everything else has just been so crazy and so I took a few moments to take off and I ran to Memphis and I came in the back way where that you're just going down is just trees and trees and trees and all of a sudden you top a hill and all of a sudden Wolf Chase Galleria and Cordova is there and as I top the hill I looked out and I saw something. People everywhere. Okay? There was traffic for days. I come driving by and I was like, every parking lot is full. As I'm going by, in the back of my head, somebody called me. And I'm not even sure. Well, it was Kayla calling me. And Kayla had called me and she was just telling me just where she was as she was coming home. And let me just say, it's good to have my baby girl back in church this morning. She's been in school she finished her first semester in college. It's good to have her here this morning. And as she was talking to me, she caught my initial reaction as I'm topping the heel, and I was sounded something like this. Oh, my God, what have I done? Because <laughs> immediately that traffic was just all there, and I just don't care about shopping, but you put shopping in the middle with crowds, I'm done. I am done. I am ready to get out. And I sit in there, and as I was trying to be able to go through, and I had two places to go to. And as I got to the first one, everything I was looking for, gone. I walked into a place that I have been there a thousand times, and very rarely is there five people in this store. And I come walking in, and you could barely get in the door. People up and down every aisle, people everywhere. There was a line, there was 15 people in line waiting to check out. And I walked in there and I said, my God, what have I got myself into? This is not where I want to be on a Saturday. This is not the place that I want to be here. And as I sit through there, I was thinking, I was like, uh, and, and I could hear this conversation as I would go through the store. 
I'd hear people, they were talking back and forth, and they'd say, do you think that they will really like this? What do you think? Does this look like so-and-so? What do you think? Do, do you think they would read this? Do you think that they would like this? Do you think this? As I was going through the store and I was hearing all this, these people that were asking this question, do you think this says them? Is this, is this something that they would like? We have got to make an escape plan and get out of this place as quickly as possible. This morning, I know that during this time of the year where everybody is watching for sales and everybody is looking for a gift that, that is something that is useful, something that will please the person that you're trying to give that gift to. But brother and sister, understand this morning that in this time where everybody is hyperactive trying to be able to find a gift, trying to be able to look for things left and right. Have you ever really stopped for just a moment and just thought to yourself or realized, who in the world started this? Where did the act of giving gifts even begin with? Who started this Christmas tradition? Because there are times that I've walked around and I thought, you know, my wife is, I'm telling you this, Brother David, he, uh, he showed me this pair of gloves that he had on uh, yesterday. And there's these big work gloves. And he says, don't my gloves look good? And I said, yeah. He said, thank you. I'm like going, thank my wife. Because she is the one that shops. Why? Because if it was up to me, it would all be Christmas Eve shopping. What? Get in and get out as fast as you can in Jesus' name. Because I just put it off because I'm just horrible at it. I'm horrible at it. And you know what? The thing is this. You can be able to come to a position where that you can be able, and, and there have been times that I've been shopping, especially uh, uh, at, at certain times at Black Friday where my wife has drugged me to these places, these God-forsaken sales. God help us all. And I've sat there and I've thought to myself many different times, how did all this start? Why in the world? What kind of sick individual decided to do something like this? Why in the world would somebody do this? But brother and sister, everything has a starting point. Everything had to start. And as I begin to look and just asking this simple question, where did give start? As you begin to start looking through and doing the research, and I was just looking through and just chasing different thoughts and what different people thought, it really came to in, in, in the American experience of what Christmas is. It really started, brother and sister, thousands of years ago. It started in the tradition of giving gifts. Started here is in a story that we find in Matthew chapter 2. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 2 for just a moment. I'm not going to ask you to stand because we're going to be reading quite a bit. Well, you know what? It's not that bad. Go on and stand up in Jesus' name. You may not get a chance to sit for or stand for a little while this morning. Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Listen to what the Word of God says. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. My Lord, have mercy. Can you imagine? 
going up to what is now the king of the Jews, Herod, and the wise men being so consumed and focused on finding Jesus that he asked them, this guy that is now the king of the Jews, saying, hey, dude, where's the king of the Jews? Excuse me, here? No, I'm talking about the dude that was born. The dude that is the star in the sky. That guy. I'm not talking about you. No, I'm sorry. Anyway, maybe nobody else saw that. And I thought, Lord, that mercy craziness. But anyway, but look down at verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Father, in the name of Jesus, for these next few moments, dear God, Lord, I pray that your presence your spirit that we have already felt, dear God, will touch us, will work in us, and allow us, O oh God, to be able to hear your word, to respond to your word, and become doers of your word. Lord, we thank you, we praise you for it, in the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody says, amen. Before you see to tell two or three people, say, I'm bringing gifts. This morning, for the next few moments, I want to preach on this thought. The gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving. Understand the wise men from the east were not only wise, but they were also committed to their task. We see this in our nativity scenes. We see this picture of shepherds, and we see this picture of wise men, and we see little baby Jesus sitting in the manger. But understand something, this idea of the nativity scene is not really scriptural, okay? It's not scriptural. It looks good artistically, but it's not scriptural. Why is it? Because, brother and sister, by the time that the wise men got to see baby Jesus, Jesus was no longer in a manger. Jesus was no longer in a place where you see him wrapped up in swaddling clothes. He's not at in a manger. He's not sleeping with goats and cattle surrounding him. He's in a place much different. Why? Because when the shepherds saw the angels and the star and everything else, they were immediately instructed, go and worship the king. They went immediately. That night, the shepherds were there. That night, the messenger that proclaimed the coming of the king was not great majesty and great royalty. It was nothing more than just shepherds. But what also happened was this. A star appeared at his birth. And this star began to shine. And there were men in the east that were watching for this sign. And when they saw the sign, these wise men 
began to take a trip. And they began to follow the star that they understood was leading them to the next to the king of the Jews. Brother says, let me just share something with you. For you to be able to find the Lord many times, understand this, there will always be signs and there will always be stars that will be in your path many times. When you are looking for a sign from God, understand there will be signs, there will be stars, there will be things that you see and that you notice that you know that is not a consequence or just as some kind of just, just a happenstance. It's not something that has just happened out of just luck. But you recognize and you realize very quickly, this is a re- there is a reason for this. When these wise men saw exactly this star that had been prophesied, that they had been looking for, when they saw the sign, you know what they did? They immediately got up and began to move. Can I just share with you this morning that, brother and sister, a sign means nothing unless you act on the sign. Let me say it again. Your sign, your moment, your, your moment with the Lord, that, that touch of God, that sign that you can be able to know that God is in the midst of you, that God is trying to talk to you, that God is trying to guide you means nothing without you taking some form of action on it. Realize this, the wise men had come to a position where they recognized the star was there. They recognized that they now had, you know what, if they're going to see the king, guess what they had to do? They had to get up and they had to move. And you are talking about a trip that scholars believe that it probably took up to two years to actually get the wise men from a place of where they were in the east to be able to get them to where Jesus was. You want to talk about, yes, they were wise, but yes, they were committed. Brother and sister, understand this this morning. Understand this, brother and sister, that whenever you are in a position where God is trying to show you things and God is trying to guide you into places and God is trying to be able to work you into places of blessing where you can be able to experience the blessing and the power of God, understand there will be signs, there will be directional signs, but realize this, there will also be some form of effort on our part. And so here, the wise men get up and they move. And as they move, just imagine this, that Jesus, you know, Jesus gets up and He moves from Bethlehem. He goes back to Nazareth. And maybe they go take another trip. Maybe they go over here. Can you imagine the wise men? And they're marching along and all of a sudden the star starts moving. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Now realize this, why do I say that? Because whenever they leave King Herod, in verse 9, realize what the Word of God says, that the star kept moving along with them until they got to where Jesus was. In other words, it's almost like the star was just moving ahead of them, almost like taillights 
whenever you're in behind somebody. Have you ever come to a position that you've been in a long line of traffic and you've merged at different times and the only thing you can do is just watch the headlights or the taillights? Brother and sister, realize this is the same thing that the Lord is doing to get the wise men from point A to point B. That He is moving along with them far enough ahead that they know the direction that they are going, but they still have to do the effort to move to get to where Jesus is. Now realize this, brother and sister, as we come into this position, whenever the wise men get there, they then begin to give their gifts to the Lord. Imagine this, Mary, Joseph doing their daily thing. Little baby Jesus, you know, a toddler, 18 months old, going on two years old, somewhere out there, maybe a little over that. He's toddling around. And all of a sudden, the wise men come in. Jesus. Maybe he was, you know, maybe he was a little slow to learn to walk. Who knows what, how that he was acting or anything else. Maybe they had him, you know, their idea of one of those little bouncer seats that we have now. Maybe they've got a little donkey out back and they're just bouncing him along. And just he's, ah! And Joseph is out doing his work. And here he is. But all of a sudden, these wise men in their caravan shows up. All of a sudden, regular days turn in to a moment where gold, frankincense, myrrh given. And all of a sudden, a tradition has been birthed of giving gifts. But can I just share this with you for just a moment? That really, whenever you really start thinking about this, yes, the wise men came and gave gifts to the young king of the Jews. But brother and sister, if you really want to know where the very first Christmas gift came from, let me just share with you in John chapter 3 and verse 16. Listen to what the Word of God says. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not condemn or did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Brothers and sisters, realize this this morning, that as you are in a position that the very first Christmas gift did not come from three wise men, but it truly came from God the Father that said this, I love you so much that I'm willing to send my only Son, Jesus Christ, to earth. Jesus Christ was the very first Christmas gift. And Jesus came in a position that He left the very hallowed halls of heaven where that angels would cry out, Holy, Holy, Holy to the Lord God Almighty. Would call out and praise Him. The immaculate splendor of heaven is something that you can't even begin to even understand. That the very throne room of God radiates out like, like diamonds. It radiates out in the very radiance of the Lord. Just the power and the glory of the Lord. Something we can't even begin to even comprehend. But yet He left it all. Why? Because He loves us. 
He left the hallowed halls of heaven to be able to come and, and wrap himself in the flesh of his creation. He became not just the king of the Jews, but the very thing that Matthew calls Jesus all the time is the Son of Man. He was someone that identifies with us this morning. He came so that he could be able not to be proclaimed as king of the Jews, but he came so that he could be proclaimed as the son of man that has come to save the world from their sins this morning. Mm, my Lord, have mercy this morning. Brother and sister, understand this this morning. That even as Jesus is the first gift, He is still a gift that keeps on giving even today. Look at Philippians chapter 2 this morning. Philippians chapter 2. Flip over there. I want you to look. I want you to read it. Don't just trust the screen on the back. Mark it up. Write it down. Look here in Philippians chapter 2. Beginning in verse 1. I want to share with you something. Because you may, you may say, well, you know, Jesus came. He could have. Why didn't he come in splendor? Why didn't he come with royal pronouncements? Why didn't he come and stay at the palace? If there were signs everywhere that pointed to his birth, why didn't people come and welcome him? Why in the world did people react to him the way that he did? But it's simply because he came in a form that they were not prepared for. Listen to this, in Philippians chapter 2, look at verse 1. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, verse 2, fulfill my joy, being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, that let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his interests, but also for the interests of others. Let me just stop there for just a second. Paul is, before he gets into talking about Jesus, he begins to talk about this as the body of Christ. Paul says this, you are not to be somebody that is selfish. You are not to be somebody that thinks only of themselves. You are not to be somebody that, that is constantly trying to hoard. You are somebody that is supposed to be able to honor one another, love one another, and be able to give to each other. We are to honor each other. We are to be able to support each other. Brother and sister, understand this. In other words, fellowship with each other. We get to know each other. And as we know each other, we can begin to become good to each other. Let me just stop for just a second. Realize this, brother and sister. The very moment that you just immediately form a shell around you, that you have your one or two people that you talk to and you don't talk to nobody else, let me tell you something, you're not fulfilling the full 
idea of what the church is. Why? Because brothers and sisters understand something. There's a reason why that Jesus even says this, or that the writer of Hebrews says this. As you see the day approaching, that you need to be able to get together with your believers more rather than late than than less. You need to gather together. Why? Because there's strength and unity. Let me just share some with you. When, uh, put down your pens and look at me for just a moment. Put down your phones and look at me for just a moment. Realize this, brother and sister. There are times that you will only be as strong as the people around you. Why? Because there will be moments and there will be times that you can't pray for yourself. That the only thing you can be able to do is I just need somebody to pray and let me just hold on to something. I got my fingers in the hand of the Lord and I'm just barely hanging on and I need somebody else to pray for me. If you isolate yourself, then you know what you've done? You've cut off the help that you need this morning. It is, Mother said, if you're not someone, this is the reason why that we talk, and I talk so much about fellowship in this young body of believers and different things like this. We need to understand something. If we don't fellowship, we're not a church. Why? Because, brother and sister, if you are someone that fellowships, there's binds and there's ties of loyalty. There's ties of love. There's ties that are formed that allows there to be unity. And it allows there to be a coming together. And when there is a coming together, guess what begins to happen? There becomes a move of God. Why? Because I'm praying for you even as you pray for me. I'm watching out for you even as you're watching out for me. And there becomes bonds of unity there. And unity brings about the power of God flowing through. Why? Because two or three gather together. His name, He's there. Two or three agree as touching one thing. He is there to be able to work it. This morning, it's important that you become a place and we become a place where that we fellowship, that we know each other, that we love each other. Why? Because that is the example that Jesus gave. What? I'll share something with you. Jesus didn't come in and demand respect. He didn't come into a place that he demanded, look at me and who I am. Do you not understand who I am? I'm, below, I'm beyond that. No, Jesus never came in like that. There's ever somebody that should have come in demanding respect and demanding to be, at, to be treated in a certain way. My God, he had stars that would follow him. You can go have a star named at some kind of astrological society, but Jesus actually had stars that followed Him. Listen to what He says in verse 5. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Listen to what He states. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. I want you for just a moment, open up your heart and hear this for just a moment because I, I want to dig for just a moment. Listen to what he states. Who being in the form of God did not consider or did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man 
He humbled Himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, oh Jesus, hear me. Therefore, let me just offer you to say, listen, this morning, you may be in a position. This is the thing that is important that we all understand. That position does not come into a place that it deserves that we should be able to look down on individuals. It should not be in a position where that we do not care for one another. Why? Because Jesus, who had every right to segregate Himself from everybody else, He's in heaven, but He abandoned heaven so He could come to earth. Why? So He could rub elbows with me and you this morning. So that He can live through the earth experience, the human experience, and be able to know that there is strength and He knows how to help you. Why? Because He lived it this morning. He came as a bondservant. He came to be able to serve this morning. He came to be able to walk in the masses. He came to be able to heal. He came to be able to touch. He came to be able to encourage. He came so that He might what? serve and because he served look at what it states in verse 9 therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father Because he served, God elevated. Because he served, he now reigns in power. Brother and sister, understand this morning, service is not a bad word. It is not a four-letter word that you need to cover your ears with. But understand this, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, learn how to serve this morning. Learn how to serve. Learn how to serve. Pastor Tim, how in the world can this be a Christmas message whenever you, you're supposed to be talking about there's a Christmas tree right to your right? Aren't you supposed to be talking about Christmas? Look, look, there's Reese behind you. Aren't you supposed to be talking about little baby Jesus and woo-hoo-hoo, goo-goo-ga-ga? But understand this morning, Jesus came so that He might serve. He was the first gift that became a gift that continues to give. Why? Because He chose to serve. And because He served, now He has been elevated in power so that, brother and sister, now we can be able to be changed. Now we can be able to come to the Lord with our sins like scarlet and He can be able to wash us as white as wool this morning. It is because of His gift of service this morning. Brother and sister, understand this, my friends. He came so that we might be able to receive even 2,000 years later. 
In 2017, he can see us in a service, in a church service this morning, and be able to say, I am giving of myself now so that tomorrow I can give of the very grace that I am earning today for the very healing that I'm earning today, for the very appointment of, of grace and mercy in their life that I am earning today on the cross. He served this morning. He served this morning. But understand this, my friend. What a glorious gift. What a glorious gift that He was obedient even to the cross so that He could be able to shed His blood so that He could be able to serve you and me. So that when we come to the Lord, we can be able to say, Lord, please forgive me. He can be able to cleanse us. Only because of that gift of service this morning. But understand this, Jesus is still giving that gift that keeps on giving. Why? Because, let's continue, because look at verse 12. Because all of a sudden he goes from talking about Jesus, and he switches back over and he begins talking about us. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Oh, I could talk there for a long time, but I'm not. Let me just share this. If you're going to work out your own salvation, I can't tell you how many people have looked at me and said, in a backslidden state and says, I'm working out my own salvation. Can I just share something with you? Working out your own salvation only works if you add the last part with fear and trembling before the Lord. Working out your salvation in a haughty, self-righteous, rebellious nature. That No, 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 no. That's not working out your salvation. That's leading to your damnation. But your salvation can be worked out whenever you work it out with fear and trembling. Why? Because it has to be around the very service of the Lord Jesus Christ. At the very feet of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The one whose name is greater than anybody else. Whose name is that? Jesus Christ this morning. Look at verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do His pleasure. So He says something. He said, even as I have served... And I have been elevated. Now he also says this. In the church. That the Lord is wanting to turn you into a gift that keeps giving. Why? Because he wants to work in you. To do the will and the purpose of God. Jesus. Listen to this. Verse 14, do all things. <laughs> Woo, Jesus, help us all. Woo, Lord, let's just have a moment of silence. Oh, Jesus, help us, Lord, dear God, right here. As we see this verse, Lord, help us, Lord, right now. Verse 14, do all things without complaining and disputing. Dear Lord, does all things mean I can't 
complain about the preacher and how red-faced he gets and how much he sweats and just how loud he gets. And I can't complain whenever service goes past 12. And I can't be able to complain whenever... Whenever things aren't working out the way that I want them to, I, I, he says, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may be. There's a reason why. Understand this. There's a reason why the Lord puts in commandments. Because there's always benefit for us. The problem is, many times we never get to the benefit. Listen to this. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless, harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Let me share something with you, brother and sister. If everybody else around you is complaining if everybody else around you has a bad attitude, if everybody else around you is having all kinds of issues and all the time vomiting out diarrhea of the mouth, complaining about all kinds of mess, and you're in the middle of it, doing the same stuff, saying the same things, having the same attitude, can I just share something with you? God cannot receive the glory in that. Why? Because you're not different. You're the same. You got a negative attitude and just a terrible attitude all the time. Understand something. God can't get the glory out of that. You know what he's declaring? He says that he wants to work in you. This same Jesus that came as a servant, He wants to come and work in you so that He can be able to work in you and produce something in you that will stand out from everybody else so when they see you, they say, that's a light in the midst of darkness. Mm, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Look over here. Look very quickly. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Listen to this. You are the light of the world in verse 14. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do you light a lamp and put it under a basket, but you put it on a lampstand that it gives light to all that are in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father that is in heaven. Let me share this with you, brother and sister. How you live, it matters. What you do, it matters. I was talking to somebody the other day. I never forgot who it was. They was telling me. Oh, goodness gracious. Who was that was telling me? Their neighbor or the person that they were working with, they've known for you know a number of years. And they just found out this past week that they were a pastor. And the years that they had been working together in the same circles, that guy has never ever invited him to church, never ever spoke to him about the Lord. 
And it just, it stunned them. Can I maybe share something with you? Brother and sister, the Lord saved you. And bought you with the very gift that he purchased on Calvary as he served you. Brother and sister, realize this. Since he served you, now he expects you to serve others. Tell you something, if your view of your life with God is stuck within six inches of yourself, or who sits next to you on the pew, or the person in front of you in the pew, your idea of what being a Christian is all about is severely warped. I preached about that last week. Hallelujah. Listen to this. I want you to turn over here. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 very quickly. I'm getting ready to, to finish up. I want to share this with you very quickly. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Now I'm, I'm probably going to shock some of us to the very core of what many churches have been teaching and what many people believe today. And what probably some of us actually believe. Let me share this with you. In Matthew or in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, listen to this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Aren't you thankful for that verse? If you have experienced newness in Christ, wave a hand and say, thank you, Jesus. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. Thank you, Jesus. And then a little light from heaven filled my soul. Thank you, Jesus, for the new life that's found in Christ. Listen to this as he continues. Look at verse 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Let me tell very quickly, reconciled. You know what that word means? It means to make right. To make right. So you have been made right with God through Jesus Christ. How, when Jesus Christ came to earth, as that first Christmas gift, His gift to us was not just the ministry of His, of His spoken word, of the miracles that He did, of the testimony that He left, but it was Him going to the cross and dying for our sins and making our healing possible. But you know what He also did? Listen to this. And He also said this, My gift to, to the coming generations is not my gift of the cross. But it's also us in the church. Why? Because look at what it says. And He has given to us the church, the ministry of reconciliation. You have been made right so that you can be able to see other people made right. Russ is... 
let me just let me just stop for just a second because understand something. If we are not doing something to further the kingdom of God, then the Lord is not getting all that He invested in you. Part of His investment in you by the blood of Jesus cleansing you from your sins is also your actions and your life from that point on. And he says this, I've made you right so that now you can have the ministry of seeing other people made right. Can I tell you something? If you have never seen somebody one to God because of what your testimony was, and you're missing out. I'll tell you something. You're missing out. You're missing out if your idea of just church is just this. Let me tell you what church is. Church is to be able to live in such a way that you have an opportunity to be able to tell somebody about Jesus and watch as your testimony. It may not work the first time. It may not work the second time. But as you live faithfully before them and as you be consistent in your witness in the way that you walk, in the way that you talk, and begins to... When it begins to have an effect in their life and one day they look at you and say, I need this Jesus that you're talking about and you can't run. Man, you don't have time to take them to church. You don't have time to take them here and let somebody pray with them. You just have to say, come here and let's pray. You want to talk about squalling like a baby. First time I ever prayed with somebody. I could barely lead them in prayer because I was busy squalling. Oh, God! God! Man, it was powerful for them and for me because my testimony, the hell that I lived, all the stuff that God had brought me out of, all of a sudden brought forth. Somebody being made right with God. Let me tell you something, brother and sister. Let me tell you something. Here, let, me, let me share something with you. I thank God for Miss Georgia Blalack. This lady was the sweetest lady. She was a grandma of the church, mother of Israel. She was my Sunday school teacher from the time that I was knee-high to a grasshopper to the time that I graduated to go into youth. Why? I really believe that they just elevated her with me because nobody else could put up with me. But she taught me the Word of God. She poured it in me. Let me tell you something, brother and sister. When I stand before you and be able to give what God has given me, realize this, it's not me standing by myself. But brother and sister, I'm standing on the anointing of the Lord and what God has been talking to me about, but I stand on the foundation that Georgia Blalack poured into my life. Why? Because she served and made it available so that I could be made right with God and that I could tell others about it this morning. This morning, realize this, brother and sister. There is no next generation of anything unless this generation pour into the next generation. Look at verse 19. That is, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God 
was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not by imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. We have been given the word that allows us to be able to make people right with God. Our experience is the key to somebody finding Jesus. Listen to this, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become what? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Brother and sister, understand something this morning. Jesus was the very first gift. And He is that gift that keeps on giving. He will forgive you today and wash you of your sins just as quickly as He did for me 20 some odd years ago. He will do the same in any person's life. Why? Because He constantly gives. But understand this, one of the great gifts that He gave the world, and that is this, you and me. The church, we are the gift that He wants to continue to give to this community, this county, your family. Understand this, brother and sister. That gift, that word of reconciliation, it has been given to you. It's been given to you, not just to me. I dare you to find where it says in there anything about preachers having it. It said, us, the church. Paul is talking to the church. You have the word of reconciliation. You have the ministry of reconciliation. When's the last time that you talked to somebody openly about Jesus Christ that you did not know? Or how many times you know, I, the Lord has been convicting me because I, I found myself more and more putting earbuds in my ear and kind of focusing on what I need to do. Go do it. If I'm in a store or anything else. The other day somebody had to flag me down, grab a hold of me, to bring me back to the real world and get me out of Tim world to be able to talk to them about the Lord. I said, oh God, I need to pull these things out of my ears. <laughs> I need to be able, I need to be present. I need to be present. Now, sister, do you realize this? That within your ability, you can be able to see God do something in somebody's life that can change them forever. You have that ability. And sister, in this church, my, my Lord, we're in need of so many helpers. We're in need of so many things from hospitality ministry to teaching ministry to vans, all kinds of stuff. But sister, can I just be able to share this with you? There's a world outside of just this church ministries that needs you and your word and your testimony. Even as Jesus unapologetically stood naked before the world on that cross, bleeding for your sins and for mine. When's the last time that you stood out in a little bit of an uncomfortable position 
to be able to share Jesus with somebody. If Jesus, I'm here to tell you, the cross had to be uncomfortable. If Jesus was able, our great example, to be put in a place that he's uncomfortable. Why, what thing, what, why should I think that I am any less than what he is? But there will be moments that I may be uncomfortable. But in those moments that I'm uncomfortable, that word can change somebody's life. Challenging this morning. This week. Find somebody. Speak into their life. Father, in the name of Jesus, dear God, I thank you, Lord. This morning, dear God, for this group of people, Lord, that have gathered together. Dear God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we may recognize. Dear God, you are truly the greatest gift. No offense to gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Dear God, you are the greatest gift ever given to Christmas, ever given to this world, ever given. Dear God, Lord, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you, oh God, Lord, for that gift, Lord. We honor you for that gift, Lord. We say thank you, Jesus, that you came. Your God is a baby. But dear God, you didn't stay as a baby because dear Lord Jesus, you grew in grace, you grew in knowledge, you grew in power. And dear God, Lord, you spend your life pouring into us. Dear God, we thank you for that. You are truly the gift that keeps on giving. Now, Lord Jesus, I just pray right now, Lord Jesus, that we may catch the vision, dear God, of what we can be. God, Lord, in the name of Jesus, there's one here in this place, dear God, Lord, that do not know You, that does not know You, that does not know the power of the cross of Calvary that's able to change people's lives. Dear God, Lord, I pray your convicting power in the name of Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning under the sound of my breath this morning, and you're here and you'll say, Pastor Tim, I have come into this church this morning. You've talked about a newness. You've talked about being a new creature. You've talked about starting over. You say, Pastor Tim, I need Jesus. I do not know the Lord. I've never had an opportunity to be able to give Jesus my heart. And ask Him to forgive me of my sins. If that's you here this morning, I want to just quickly, why don't you just quickly raise your hand this morning. If you're here this morning, I want to pray with you this morning. Is there one here this morning? In the name of Jesus. One here this morning. This morning, I want to ask you something. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Tim, I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. I want you to just throw those hands up in the air. And just tell Jesus, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Come on right now. Come on right now and just give him thanks for just a moment. Dear God, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we are new creations in Christ Jesus. And we are brand new. Dear God, Lord, thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. 
that washes away every sin, that washes away every circumstance, that washes away all of that, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God, today. Dear God, we just give you praise. We just give you honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that we once, once was lost in sin. Dear God, Lord, you took us in. Thank you, mighty God. We praise you this morning. This morning, if you are a child of God, I want you to just stand to your feet across this building. If you are a child of God, I want you to stand to your feet across this building this morning. This morning, I want you to recognize something this morning. If you're a child of God, you're standing on your feet this morning. I want you to realize this this morning. If you are a child of God, we cannot be able to escape that even as Jesus gave of himself, the Lord now expects us to give ourselves, to invest our lives into something, to be able to come to a place that we find places that we can be able to pour into people's lives, whether it's at work, whether it's here in the church, whether it's in both. You need to live in such a way can I tell you something this morning? Let me just drop this in your heart for just a second. There are certain things this morning that I do and that I don't do. Why? Not because necessarily I feel like it's wrong, but I do it because of one reason. I recognize that with my life, there has to be an example. And I do not want to be able to be a stumbling block to somebody else. And there have been things in my life that I've, I've just said I can't do. Why? Because I want to speak into your life and I want to speak into other lives. And it could be a problem for them, friend. I want you to realize this. There are things probably in some of our lives this morning that the Lord has been already been talking to some of you because I felt in my spirit just different things that, you know what, I, I can't be like them. I can't be a complainer. I can't be a disgruntled person. I can't be... The, Jawing my lips all the time. I can't be cutting people down the wrong way. I, I need to be able to be different. I can't do some of the stuff that I do. I need to be able to be a part of something that's going to add to the glory of God and to add to the glory of 